your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey everyone who is joining us here at Asian Pop Nation. Today is the 15th of March, slowly approaching to the best season in my opinion, aka the autumn season. My name is Leisha and the first song you heard was by Yoai Sobi with her song called Mizuta. We also had Korean Canadian artist Luna Lee with her brand new song titled What You're Thinking, which comes from her long-awaited debut album, Duality. Go check it out if you haven't already. She just has such like a great unique sound to her discography. Anyways, tonight we have a lot of new songs and new topics, of course, with our team of Xenia, Celeste, Aaron, JP, and Tracy, ranging from the near Automata anime announcement to more Squid Game celebrations to new Pokemon games being announced. But... We especially have a super exciting interview with Malaysian doctor-turned-comedian Jason Leong, who is going to be one of the many international acts in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival this year. So right before we get started on all of this cool, amazing news, let's hop back into the music, starting with a brand new track from Korean girl group Cherry Bullet with their retro track titled Love in Space. You are tuning in to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. Welcome, dear listeners, to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. It's me, Lisha, here, and you just heard Cherry Bullet's Love in Space. We also had the Taiwanese artist Zoe Wonder with the song titled Nomadland. And lastly, we had Chakra Effendi with their song titled Ghost slash Xylitol. This artist and their song is also featured on Sin's high rotation playlist called Sweet 16. So you better check that out or... I don't know, we'll just have like a bunch of comedians from the Melbourne International Comedy Festival just chasing you down or something. I don't know why I said that, but speaking of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, our APN team are just super stoked for the local and international comedians that are coming down to our little Melbourne this year. And of course, this means we're going to talk all about this comedy festival right now. Knock, knock. Who's uh, there? It's the Melbourne Comedy Festival lineup. Oh my god! This year. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. So, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which is, fun fact, the third largest comedy festival in the world somehow, is making its grand return in 2022, from the 30th of March until the 24th of April this year. This year's festival will finally have in-person comedy shows returning, which will be occurring all across the city and further out into regional Victoria as well. There are going to be more than 450 shows scheduled with a wide mixture of local and international acts and veteran and newer comedians as well. There are also a wide range of special events that will be occurring such as comedy competition shows, live radio broadcasting shows, and much more. Everyone, how are you feeling about this? Finally, in-person shows are coming back. Damn, I'm (laughs) ready to laugh. I was scrolling through the lineup and stuff and I saw one which was pretty interesting. It's called Brown Women Comedy. It has a mix of, I think, four female South Asian comedians. It says here that no topic is too taboo. So I think they're just going to go like above and beyond pretty oh my much. God, I love it when I say that on the night. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, y'all, first and second of April, it's there. I think it'll be a really cool collection of South Asian female comedians to check out. Always repping for more rep. There are two Asian-specific comedy shows. I think they've got multiple people in their lineups um, during those nights. So they're a lot of fun to go to because it's usually more stand-up-ish where they interact with the audience. Well, I hope they interact with the audience because they're more of a fun night, whereas a lot of the um, bigger names, they'll have a set theme that they say not as much interaction. So if you're prepared to get roasted on the night, (laughs) <laughs> Go to these ones. Um, so what I see is one's called Asian Persuasion and the other one's called Asian Comedy Showcase. And I think this one, Asian Persuasion is actually an incorporation from artists from the Comedy Zone Asia. So check it out. Is anyone interested in seeing in any of the acts at all? I'm actually booking tickets to Ronnie Chang now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't That's seen the updated lineup, but yeah, definitely Ronnie Chang. He's great. 
I actually really like Phil Wang as well. I'm really happy he's coming back. I went to see him last time he came down, 2019. He was fun. He was kind of like cerebral and he's that sort of very specific type of British humor where it's like articulate and very well written sort of humor. He's good. The intellectual's comedian. Intellectual's <laughs> comedian. <laughs> he just has like a good bounce and rhythm in his delivery. He's just good. If you like panel shows, you probably know him because he's on that circuit. Who else is there? Is Aaron Chen? Yes, Aaron Chen's there as well. I also went to see his show and it was fun because the audience was full of like lawyer people who were, you could tell, were slightly uncomfortable by everything he said. And I think that was great. I think we need more of that. Never mind. <laughs> the Melbourne comedy. Aaron Chen. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's just pretty good. I love the, just how he makes everyone feel awkward with the way he just presents himself. And it's just like, I yeah. like how unapologetic he is. Like some comedians, you sort of, you sort of feel like they're playing to the white audience. They're like having mm. to justify themselves. They're like, I'm Asian. That's why I'm so weird. Oh, Asian's so weird. Am I right? White people. And it's like a bit uncomfortable. But Aaron Chen is just like, I'm Asian. And that's just like, I'm not going to explain it to you. He's not like trying to justify his Asianness. And that's just great, I think. You know, I'm not really familiar with any comedians, but um, I'm watching like this YouTube clip of him right now, and I really like how he dresses. He's got like a long mullet on his back. Oh, yeah, the iconic yeah, mullet. Uh, yeah, he's got this shirt with like like a fire pattern going on it. Like, oh, he's was... Guy Ferrari costume. Yeah, 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 the Guy Ferrari. Yeah. So pretty much you're saying you want to see him in like Melbourne Fashion Week or something. Instead of Mountain Comedy Festival. Yeah, no, no, he's funny too, I guess. I think I might go watch him. Really? If I can. Yeah, yeah. He seems cool. Let's go together, JP. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll let's, go all go. let's all go. Let's all go. go. Oh, my God. Aaron Chen and his Guy Fieri shirt. <laughs> Alright, so if you're interested in checking out the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, um, it's on their website, so just look it up there. Um, we'll post a link on their website with our interview that will be happening next with Jason Leong. Oh, he's a funny guy too, right? Yes. Just he's a favorite funny guy, actually. actually. We actually forgot to say, but he, he is actually the most funniest out of this entire lineup. The funniest? Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I'm torn. Aaron Chen or that guy? Oh, man. No, go, go see Jason Leong. He's better than Ronnie Chang, so. Okay. <laughs> okay. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation. You just heard The Crane with his song titled Ramen Boy. We also had the Filipino artists JRLDM featuring Jika Marie with their collaboration track titled E Papa Ano. And lastly, we had the one and only Keshi with his newest track titled Get It. Super hyped for that debut album coming real soon. But something else that we are super hyped about as well is this amazing interview we have with Malaysian doctor turned comedian Jason Leong, who stopped by our little virtual studio, if you want to call it that, to talk about his newest show, Heaty, which will be happening live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So put your hands together for the one and only Jason Leong. So you're listening to Celeste here and Leisha as well on Asian Pop Nation. And tonight we're hashtag blessed to be joined by Malaysia's funniest doctor turned comedian, Jason Leong. Um, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Celeste. That's a great intro. You introduced me as uh, Malaysia's funniest doctor turned comedian. Uh, there's only one of them, which is me. So it's not really a... <laughs> It's not really <laughs> hyping me up, but that's okay. That's okay. Let's do it again. This is Jason Leong, the best comedian in the world. Okay, let's go. Yeah, right. <laughs> so thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. It's an honor. Honor? No, we are so excited for you to be here. And obviously, yeah. one of the biggest main reasons you are here right now, a Malaysian comedian talking in like a Melbourne-based radio show, is because Melbourne International Comedy Festival is happening at the end of the month. And you are coming down and bringing your next comedy show called Heaty here. So I guess... Can you give us like a little bit of a teaser of what we can expect from the show? Uh, well, it's a stand-up comedy show, so uh, I hope people find it funny. Uh, I've been working really hard on the show. Uh, I've been touring it in Kuala Lumpur, and things are okay. So, and I come to the festival almost every year, uh, besides the last two years because of the pandemic. So I'm very confident that people that come to the show will have a good time, as will I, because I love Melbourne and I love performing in Melbourne. 
Yeah, no. Oh my god, we, we like you love Melbourne. That's so great. <laughs> not not to toot our own horn moment, but like we we did see that you've actually done uh, promotions and stuff, especially getting us here Australians to like come for your show and stuff. You posted a video on your YouTube channel where you were reading like mm-hmm. a Australianized script by an Australian comedian friend that you have, and I yes. guess oh, Celeste. The question is mainly, did you understand any of that script or were you questioning it the whole time when you were reading it out? Oh yeah, I mean, I was half questioning it, half like, <laughs> I, I got half of it, but the other half was like, what is going on? But I guess that's that's slang for you, right? You, you, if you, if you can understand another country's slang one hundred percent, then it's not, then it's not slang, right? It's, it's a slang is like an inside joke for everyone involved. So because I'm an outsider, I thought it'd be funny to try and imitate or use Australian slang when clearly I don't understand the slang, nor do I. Am I even saying it in the correct accent? Yeah, so it's I thought that'd good. be funny. It's all yeah, yeah. Thank funny, you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then coming off from that, so you love Melbourne. It's not your first time in Australia. We also want to know what are the specific Australian things that you find questionable as a person who's from Malaysia? Is it, yeah? Oh, uh, well, not really. I think, uh, okay, I think Australia and Malaysia are pretty similar in many ways, of course. Uh, but I think the one thing I do find questionable is the many uh, cafes in Australia. Uh, they serve on their menu. Uh, this is the first time I came. This is 2015. I came to Melbourne, and on the menu, like they list the dishes, and then in brackets, GF, right? Um, like uh, uh, what, whatever uh, 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 sandwich GF. And I thought, oh, is this suitable to to order for my girlfriend? Like, why is it? All... <laughs> I generally was like, what is what does GF mean? Then it, only I found out that GF is when you know you want something that is pretentious. <laughs> I mean, gluten free. Yeah, <laughs> depends on so, the person. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that's one. And and but by and large, you know, I really, I, I, I like to say I adapt really well to Melbourne. I, I, I love Melbourne. But uh, I think the food culture is very much evolved uh, compared to you know other places. So yeah, I, I love eating in Melbourne. This is just like a really random question, but it's like, um, I mean, I know because like I'm Malaysian as well, and when my family comes down to visit here in Melbourne. They like to, they always say they're like, oh, I love to immerse myself in like Melbourne cafe, like culture, food. And then they end up eating a Malaysian food in <laughs> Melbourne. And it's like, I just want, I was like, have you like done that before kind of thing Wait, yes. while you've been here before? And what, what's like your yes. little verdict? <laughs> the thing about Malaysians is we are very passionate about our Malaysian cuisine. So wherever we go, we can spend a maximum of three days of not eating Malaysian food. And then we go crazy and then we have to eat Malaysian food or we will murder somebody on the street. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll break out in hives. We get an allergic reaction if we don't have Malaysian food within 72 hours. It's, it just makes sense because it's just like you get a little bit homesick and stuff. And it's like, yes, yes it's, it's just yes. feels like a little warm hug moment. But yeah. it is, it is a, a warm hug in the stomach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something which like. Yeah, something which you can also use to describe, like, I guess, food as well, that, like, your mm-hmm. parents and stuff, like, oh, my mom yes, and stuff yes, yes. makes food. Yeah, and I guess uh, around... Definitely. Yeah, and I guess around that, like, topic about parents and stuff, because, you know, we're, we're, like, an Asian-run um, show and stuff like that, and we mm-hmm. kind of, we know, like, bits and pieces about how for parents like especially with Asian parents there because dream is always for like their childhood become a doctor or become a lawyer all that type of stuff <laughs> so I guess how did your family react when you decided to do stand-up comedy I think uh the big change was when I became a full-time comedian in which I quit my job uh and in the first few months I did not tell them I just said, "Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going on sabbatical I'm 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 taking a leave of absence and that went from three months to six months to 12 months and then it slowly dawned upon them that I won't be returning and you know so that's how I ease them in by just lying to them and I think that's the best way to go uh, for all the Asian kids watching if you want to shock your parents into a big decision just slowly ease them by not telling them the truth over one year and uh, 
after a while when my parents realized that I'm doing okay on my own, I'm self-sustaining, I'm not relying on them for money, they were okay. Yeah. So there wasn't a big drama when I transitioned. Um, so you mentioned how you quit being a doctor. Uh, do you still have a license to practice medicine or is that like, are you exiled forever from that? Oh, wow. Uh, that's two big <laughs> extremes. Uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't have a license, but I, I'm also not exiled. From, it's not like they banished me because I killed five patients in one day and they said, no, Jason, you should do comedy and never ever come back to the within 50 meters of the hospital again. Uh, so no, if to answer your very Asian mom question, uh, I, can, <laughs> I can go back and work as a doctor if I you know, do a refresher course and apply for the license again. But so far, comedy has been great. So uh, I don't need to. So I've been, you know, I've been hashtag blessed in a way. So with the pandemic being a huge thing in the past two years, um, where it has especially affected the live entertainment industry, what was like kind of going through your mind during that time? Did you think about returning to working as a doctor, um, considering that live entertainment wasn't a, a good thing for stand-up comedy, or did you remain vigilant? And Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, I did briefly consider going back to help out during the pandemic but then I thought no I much rather stay at home and do videos and enjoy my life <laughs> because because my wife is uh, still a doctor and she was deep in the trenches fighting COVID and looking at how hard she worked I thought no I would much rather stay at home uh, but what I kept busy was doing comedy videos and you know doing online shows and that really helped uh you know, get me through the pandemic. Yeah, no, that's like, it's interesting. I've like, for me personally, I'm not too familiar in like the comedy world and stuff like that. And so hearing like things like online shows happening and creating more like online comedy content, is like really interesting. And it kind of like, I don't know, proposes like this interesting question of just, I guess, beyond the COVID landscape that we've been living in, what do you, I guess, kind of find to be the most frustrating, but also like the most rewarding parts about being a comedian just in general? I think it's the same during the pandemic or out of the pandemic, just making people laugh. And I think during the pandemic, it became even more important because everyone was really de depressed and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, can't go out. So Comedy, I think the nice thing about that was people realized how important comedy was. But then now that we're out of the pandemic, I think it's what is even more important is the live mm. event aspect of comedy where it's a shared experience and everyone comes out and enjoys comedy together. I think that's really important. So uh, I'm really glad that people are coming out now. I'm glad that the Melbourne Comedy Festival is back and many people are buying tickets. And I'm very happy that people are buying tickets to come and see me perform live. It's a very heartening thing. There was a point in time where I thought, ah, I will never be able to do stand-up comedy again. But now it's back. Comedy is back. Live events is back. So I'm very mm. happy. That's great to hear. We're super excited to see you come down as well. And so leading on to that, we have this question, which is what mm -hmm. song, preferably by an Asian artist, best encapsulates your upcoming comedy show or the tone of your show? Oh, uh, hmm. Must this song be Asian-esque? Asian? Asian... Uh... It can be, From but Asian... at this point, it do doesn't have to be, but it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> well, I like, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Metallica. So basically oh. any song Ooh. from Metallica keeps gets me pumped out. Uh, I normally play Metallica songs when I come on stage. So like, oh. ladies and gentlemen, Jason Leong, and then uh, Enter Sandman or uh, Fuel, <laughs> uh, Master of Puppets hits, and then I come on stage. So yeah, it, it, gets, it gets me pumped up. It gets the audience pumped up. So it's, yeah, good. Alright, so Alicia better be the... playing that. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no pressure. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, lastly, for us, our like, listeners at home, uh, if they want to find out more about you, where can they find you on your socials? And of course, hear more about the show that's coming up in Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, yeah, so you can get tickets at www.jasonleong.my. Tickets are going really, really fast. I'm so happy that people in Melbourne are coming out to the show. And most importantly, uh, I want to ask uh, Celeste and Leisha, uh, have you bought tickets to my show? <laughs> 
nerve because I'm kind of so, working for the festival. But yeah, <laughs> she's just behind oh, I see. the so, scenes. So, 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 okay. So, uh, okay. Are you guys coming to my show? I intend to if I've got time. Yeah. <laughs> what a diplomatic answer! What a nice way of saying no. I'm not no. coming to your show. I your do want to see. Is sure. disgusting. What on earth does Hiti even mean? Who the hell do you think you are? I get it now. I get it, Celeste. I get it. No, I, I, I love, can take a hit, I love Celeste. hashtag bless. I really want to see Hiti. I just I'm working. Thank a you. Lot. Thank you. Kendra from Celeste is a very she's a hardworking, busy girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I guess, but, yeah. by the way to all the listeners uh, listening in uh, you have no idea but Lisha has been giggling non-stop since we started this interview <laughs> uh-huh. she, she, I, I would like her to come to my show because she will laugh non-stop <laughs> that's what you want that's what you want <laughs> exactly yes I perfect audience I'm the, per- I'm the one and only audience anyone needs in a comedy show in general <laughs> but <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us once again. We are again super excited for your comedy show Hidi, which is, is happening in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Once again, if you are interested in seeing the show, please do visit the website to find details about the tickets there. And the show will be be happening from March 31st till March 10 at the Malt House. So don't miss out on some just honestly just really good feel good laughter and once again like jason said supporting <laughs> like just supporting festivals and live comedy and just live shows coming back once again and yeah thank you for yeah. joining us thank you Alicia. thank you celeste you you're you. you are all amazing thank you so much see you in melbourne Hello everyone, thank you for joining us here tonight on Asian Pop Nation. My name is Leisha and you just heard, not an Asian band, but you just heard Metallica with their song titled Enter Sandman as requested by Malaysian comedian Jason Leong, who we had the pleasure to interview earlier in the show. So if you listen back to our interview via our podcast, you will understand why this song is here. (laughs) We also played Roofless by Taiwanese artist It's Your fault and finally we have Zutomeo with her song titled Neko Reset which comes from her latest LP released last month. Something which was also released was the anime adaptation announcement for the Nier Automata video game. Curious about this news? Well, come listen in to the Nier Automata experts in our APN team who will fill you in on all the details from this announcement. Uh, has anyone here played Nier Automata? Yeah, I have. You so have, good. Celeste? Yeah, it's good. Aaron, you've played it. You want me to name all 26 endings? Yeah, no, okay. I didn't finish I all of them. <laughs> all right, I can tell you played it, Aaron. Well, uh, listen, I got some good news for you. They're making an anime of Nier Automata. Do you know that? Oh, no. Was that meant to be good news? Or? I mean, it could be cool. Okay, listen, let, let me give you some background info. The anime was announced late last month in February. They had like a fifth anniversary like live stream. And for 30 seconds, they played this cool teaser. And in the end, it was like, ooh, anime coming. Whoa, very cool, you know? Um, so for people that don't know what Nier Automata is, it's a video game uh, developed by Platinum Games. So those guys made Bayonetta and Square Enix, who worked on Final Fantasy, all of them. So, you know, very big names. The game itself is very big. Uh, in terms of story, it follows uh, these androids who live on the moon, but uh, are tasked with going to Earth in order to take it back because a bunch of alien robots have kind of like, you know, they've usurped Earth for themselves. And they're like, oh, we must take it back for the humans because their humans are on the moon. Totally. Haha. <laughs> um, but anyway, in terms of the actual anime, um, what we do know is that Anaplex will be involved with its creation. And that there's also an official website and a short teaser trailer, which you can look at. Uh, but besides that, we actually don't know anything else. Like, we have no idea what the story is. We don't know who the cast is. Uh, we don't know what's going on. The trailer was literally just text and a sketch. Um, but yeah, we're kind, of, uh, we're kind of in a void. I don't know what you guys are thinking with this trailer. Celeste, you didn't sound very hopeful about this. Well, a lot of the fun that comes from the Neo games is the game itself just crapping on you. Right, you yeah. Play. So I don't no. know how it's going to be an anime adaptation. Yeah, an anime. Gonna get. 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah, how's a like an anime? They can't it can't really mess with you as much as a game. Hey, Aaron, how hopeful are you for this uh, adaptation? No, 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 not at all. No, because it shouldn't though. Unless they got like the same team like Yokotaro involved with the game right. in which he created it. Unless he's like like dead on like dead sense of creating the whole anime and stuff. Then maybe I should be well, maybe I should be intrigued by this. Right now, with anime based on video games, that's had a mad reputation. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you, Yoko Taro. He's definitely um, the center of this. Uh, fun fun fact, just for the listener: if you don't know who Yoko Taro is, he's the director of the Near Automata game, and I would suggest that you search him up on Google Images. He's very cool. He's got a cool helmet. Uh, and that's the only thing that you see yes we don't actually know what his face looks like all we know is that he has this like weird mask that looks like a moon with a really scary face uh we're in the face of a meal really by the looks of it yeah yeah um we sure it's creeped out it's not that creepy it's fine (laughs) Um, i I just i just i don't know you guys were describing it i searched it up was not what i was thinking about but yeah 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 but I, I, i have like a small question because like yeah. Aaron mentioned that video game anime adaptations don't go so good. Um, do y'all have like any examples about that? I'm just curious. Oh, I Final know. Fantasy. Oh. Wait, did they do Final Fantasy? Yeah, there was like there's really? like two or three Final Fantasies anyway. Yeah, and then oh, the Resident Evil spinoffs. Oh, did I keep going? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The Final Fantasy list. Uh, tells like, the tales of Zisteria Lacrosse. That was also an anime adaptation from a game that came out in mm-hmm. 2015. Not good adaptation, although it was animated by Euphrates, so that was sad. Mm. Uh, Mega Man was another one. Mega Man? Yeah, Mega Man. Okay. No, uh, actually, no, but there is a good, there are a few good anime adaptations of games. Um, one of them being Pokemon. We don't count that. That's a giveaway. We miss. don't, you know, yeah. Okay. How about <laughs> a Kirby? Have you guys yeah. watched Kirby? Kirby's right back at you. Kur- is that what it's called? I forgot yeah. what it was called. Uh, no, there's one movie that's actually good was Street Fighter Two. Uh, Street Fighter Two, the movie. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What well, no, Pokemon? Oh, no, not Pokemon. Um, Castlevania was good, although that doesn't count as anime, though. No, it's a Western animated yeah. thing. Um, but either way, um, it's actually very hard to judge what this will be. Um, hopefully, hopefully it turns out interesting. And that Yoko Taro steps in and does his usual crazy uh, shtick. Um, but either way, yeah, that's near Automata. It's getting an anime. Uh, tell your friends, your dog, your dog's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> you know, be excited. Got any thoughts about it? Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Welcome aboard to Asian Pop Nation, the ultimate stop for all things Asian pop culture related and more. My name is Lisha, the executive producer, and you are listening to Amber Louie featuring Jackson Wang with the song titled Easier. We also had Korean boy group Tempest, which actually, fun fact, has the first Vietnamese K-pop idol in their lineup, so... Just love some Southeast Asian rep, but we were playing their song titled Bad News. And finally, we had Tamil Swiss singer Priya Raghu with her song titled Illuminos. So, of course, here on APN, we always love to highlight Asian talents across the globe with our music and topics. But of course, we have a special place in our hearts for local Asian Australian artists who actually had quite a large appearance for this year's Eurovision Australia Decides 2022 lineup. So let's find out all the details about this music competition show. Spoiler alert, I get very excited about this topic. So let's go. So, I need to let you guys on a little secret, which is not going to be so much of a secret anymore, but I have a secret interest, which is loving to watch the Eurovision (laughs) shows which come on, which I know, I know, people are already shaking their head like, this is an Asian radio show, and we're talking about a European uh, music competition Eurovision's their fun, though. Eurovision is so fun. Love, like, I love, like, a like an Asian-wide equivalent of that with the same like pizzazz and performance level. Anyways, yeah, Eurovision. Why are we talking about it? Because Eurovision Australia Decides occurred on the 26th of February. It was the big like finale competition show that occurred and it was being broadcasted by SBS, all that jazz. And pretty much 
the Eurovision Australia Decides is very much like a competition that determines the final performer that will be representing Australia for Eurovision Song Contest, which is taking place this year in Italy, May 11 till May 14. So if you are also slight fanatics like me, mark down your calendars. But, Time to go to yeah. Italy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Again, the Australian lineup, like the finale lineup was actually quite interesting. We had the first like go group edition with G Nation. If you guys keep up with like the voice and stuff, they were there, Voice Australia. And then that was also the first time that they had like a duet with Isaiah Firebrace and Evie Irie. So these were the first time that they had categories like this in Eurovision Australia Decides this year. And we also had a TikTok wildcard winner for the first time. We had a chosen like pick from there in terms of Erica Padilla she was chosen for that category and also came up in the final lineup and this is the main reason why we're talking about it in Asian Pop Nation is because this year's lineup for Australia Decides had quite a handful of Asian Australian singers in the lineup first being Erica Padilla which we mentioned just now the TikTok wildcard and we also had Sheldon Riley, Jaguar Jonesy who I think if you listen to a lot of Sin shows she's quite well loved around here and sean miley moore as well so wahoo really it was so it was actually like really cool to see that like a lot of like asian australian singers just all in like the final lineup very cool but if you guys maybe you didn't like catch the show maybe you need like a reminder who of who actually won and is going to represent australia it is sheldon riley so the 21 year old filipino australian singer ultimately won the entire Whoa, competition filipino yeah. yeah, that means you're going to Italy. You can have Zen- you and Zenia true tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we gotta follow the oh my gosh, thank you. Person. I want to thank my parents for signing up for this competition. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, my God. Thanks, thanks, Sheldon Riley. <laughs> he won with his song titled Not the Same. And yeah, pretty much means he's going to Italy. JP and Zenia too, by association, are going to Italy. Yeah. All of his distant relatives, which is probably <laughs> us, because you know that's how Filipinos are. Like everyone's related. Oh, we're just gonna Somehow. claim that, like, yeah, you know him and yeah, we're third degree cousin, man. Hey, give us some tickets. <laughs> but yeah, again, give them some tickets. If for some reason, Sheldon Riley, you're listening, yeah, yeah even if you Sheldon. don't know us, give, give Mr. Riley, Mr. Riley. But yeah, I just wanted to put it out there. If I guess if any of you guys have been keeping up, I don't know, with um the Australian lineup and all this type of stuff happening with eurovision have you guys seen like the performances well what what did you guys think you know uh, i haven't seen the performances but i did see glimpses of their stage costumes and stuff mm-hmm. and like if you know eurovision it's just not just about the song it's about the whole performance what yep. they wear mm-hmm. like the whole glamour of it and i really love jaguar jones's um outfit because it was literally on fire as she sung a song called little fire it was great mm. like fire sure really is like filipino that. and he has a voice a very good voice his, his such a nice one. Yeah, I watched the yeah. the performance that he did, and uh, yeah, no, I it it once you watch the performance, I think it makes perfect sense how like everything ended up scoring, and he ended up with like the hundred score and stuff like that. Because we here our team right now, we can see like the whole scoring system. And so let's mention Jaguar Jonesy. She was in third, so wahoo wahoo. Um, but Sheldon Riley, yeah, came up on top with not the same. I thought that performance was absolutely beautiful it's just wow and the lyrics and everything it's just like it, it feels very it's very like like a personal life story it feels like he's mm. telling with his song and it's yeah it's very hard-hitting and love to see that he actually won too so wow very i mean i'm happy <laughs> I'm happy. as much as like eurovision is about like strange novelty acts with like mm-hmm. crazy piano circular pianos etc um <laughs> i feel like a good most of the candidates that have a shot winning up are usually people in beautiful gowns singing a big ballad with a big voice. And I think he fits that mode perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We'll see once he goes up against the rest of Europe. The rest of <laughs> yeah. Europe. And the rigged voting that happens in <gasps> that area. <laughs> uh, every Eurovision fan knows the voting system. Once you actually get into the rest of Europe, it's so... No words, no words. It's political as hell. I love it. I, I like the fact that it was supposed, they set this competition up, I think after World War II, right, to be a sort of peace offering. Like, oh, guys, let's have fun. Let's just have a song competition. It's goofy. It's not political at all. And it's super political, actually. Wow. What is your exposure with, like, I guess, Asian Australian singers, like, getting 
into like you this Eurovision opportunity and stuff like that because I think usually when people think Eurovision plus Asian Australian there is typically one girl I'm thinking of at least and I'm just wondering if anybody else also ah, oh, are you talking about Mountain? <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, I know you're talking about Dami. Dami. The one and only. The one and only. What did she rank again overall with her performance? Wasn't it like, it was like se- second or something? If I remember correctly, I don't know. Don't act like that. You know it was second. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I just remember like, God, she cried in joy. Oh God. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Everything you ever wanted and more. Just. Dami. It was great. I remember listening to like Gladiator and like Super Love in high school, like on the radio, and being like, this song isn't my vibe, but she's Asian Australian, so I'm going to keep it on this channel <laughs> to support her. <laughs> but also, Gladiator, I think, goes. I think it, it works as a song, Gladiator. <sighs> yeah, she's a real one. Also, you interviewed her, didn't you? Tell Celeste. Yeah. It was a while back about her song that she wrote about her mum and growing up. Oh. as a woman but yeah <laughs> that's so cool yeah i know that is really cool there celeste where are these opportunities at? when she releases the new song you can interview her there <laughs> oh i'm very the scared of she also people. has an album of covers by the carpenters covers of carpenters songs i mean so yeah go check that out because it's nice mm-hmm. let us know if you i guess are also a little bit of a you have a little bit of an interest with Eurovision or maybe this is like the first time you're hearing all these people's names and you want to check out their songs let us know through all of that and what do you think of the songs and Eurovision in general what am I talking about I'm delirious but yeah let us know through Asia Pop Nation Twitter Instagram Facebook Eurovision baby yeah <laughs> Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, the Asian Music Central here at Sin. We played Australia's own Eurovision representative Sheldon Riley with his song titled Not the Same. We also had an alternative R&B track from Solette titled Sagwa. And lastly, we had Midi Young with his song titled Hungry. And for the folks here who maybe are in the mood for some food tonight, I just need to say sorry in advance as our next topic is about food. However, we're going to be discussing about some more interesting recent Asian food combinations, which may actually top last week's show food topic for being the most odd. So let's just dive back into food hell or heaven, depending on your taste buds. Welcome to Food Attack! Dun, dun, dun. Uh, anime attack is dead and gone. We are literally talking about food and what is freaking us out about Asian food <laughs> gone wrong <laughs> each week. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about this Chinese fast food chain restaurant, which has become the home for a very interesting food combination with their cilantro sundae. Now, if you're a bit on the slow side like me and like, Sadia, what is cilantro? Well, I just figured out five seconds ago that it is coriander for anyone out there who is curious as to what cilantro is. But this limited edition dessert was really only available from the 21st to the 25th of February, but it sparked a lot of articles and posts from people either posting images of the sundae or making comments about using the very divisive herb in a dessert form. The fast food restaurant on their official website, they said that the ingredients of this treat were their traditional soft-serve ice cream and a bright lime green cilantro sauce with sprinkles of cilantro on the top for the final touches. Now, some internet users who have tried out this sundae have actually pointed out how it's tasted pretty good, you know, like a mint lime taste to the the sundae. But then, of course, you've got the opposite side of the spectrum. (laughs) Some Australians were absolutely outraged during the early weeks of March when they found out that their favorite tin of Milo from a local supermarket didn't actually taste like the typical Australian Milo. It actually caused several Australian online users to comment on how terrible the version of Milo tasted, with one user in particular mentioning how they had to take a COVID-19 test after thinking they had lost their sense of taste after having this particular Milo. It just turns out that the supermarket was actually temporarily supplying Milo made in Singapore rather than Australia because Australian factories were undergoing an upgrade. So we've got a few things to talk about here. (laughs) I mean, everyone, how do you feel about coriander in your sundae? And two, has anyone tried Singaporean Milo? Is it really that bad? 
So, you know, Frederick Nietzsche mentioned the death of God concept a while ago. <laughs> what are you applying and, this uh, to? Is it oh, the wait, fact that uh, there's uh, coriander Sunday or people <laughs> arguing about coriander Sunday? I think Sunday? it's the whole, the whole situation, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, disconcerting. <laughs> I mean, would you try it? I think I would. I think I would. Yeah, it's just green, though. Right? Yeah, it's green flavored. Thank you, JP. <laughs> yeah, it's green flavored. <laughs> Something that bright green, I just feel like should not be eaten. I don't know. This is my take on it. I think it'd be great. Like, not the, the coriander bit. The live mint itself on the ice cream works for like a, what do you call it? Like a summery taste. <laughs> like citrus summer, like summer fresh. <laughs> coriander itself, I don't associate it with dessert. It's always in a salty dish. So I don't really want coriander on my sunday but everything else is good to go <laughs> but if you think about it though maybe this thing isn't so bad like there are people out there that eat their chips with ice cream i, I do that i do that yeah but like before that trend like it was weird right like it was weird at one point it's like do you want your chips to be soggy or right. crispy neither, neither. <laughs> exactly anyway milo how do we feel about milo Okay, I know we roasted the whole Singaporean like chicken curry thing yeah, a I while think back. Singapore is just sus. And then there was like that Singaporean TikToker guy with the fried rice. But I will defend Singapore this one time. Singapore Milo, that tastes so good. So I don't know what everyone else is on about. Personally, if anyone's gonna crap on it, I would just say the Australian one isn't good because Singapore is the hub for good food. Like mm. all the good food <laughs> goes there. So whatever comes out of Singapore is gonna be good. And better than Australia, and some people need to get over that. Maybe our <laughs> yeah. taste buds are just like, you know, short circuited. <laughs> it was so interesting because I was like reading through what exactly people's comments were. Like, obviously, some of them just say like, "Oh, it just tastes weird. It tastes terrible." But some of them are just like, "Oh, it's like powdery." I'm like, "It's it's a powdery? powdered drink." <laughs> It's a drink that comes out like a tin with powder. Did they think that before they saw that it was an imported thing or after? I feel like if they didn't know it was imported, it wouldn't have tasted any different to them, to be honest. But I've seen YouTube videos before because Australia makes Milo and then like Singapore, Malaysia and Indonesia and all, they also make Milo, but like within just their factories. And I've seen YouTube videos where they do like a full taste test and apparently, according to all those, there is a taste difference between all of them. So Ooh. I don't know. Maybe one day, if all of us are magically back in studio, we can have our own taste test. <laughs> Different Milos from everywhere. Filipino Milo would probably come out top. Nah, nah Malaysian nah, Milo. Nah, listen, no, you, no, got, nah, you see, it's the whole experience as well. Because, you know, in the Philippines, they sell everything in small packets. Like, you know, no, small see, yeah, packets. in Malaysia too. It's they sold, do that as well in Malaysia? It's sold in like the little like yeah, plastic yeah, bags yeah, wrapped you know? in like the vans that you can yeah. just like, hang in the, I don't know, bike. Yeah, it stuff. makes it like really precious, you know? Like you just yes, have this one exactly. small pouch. And then see, like you drink it, it's like, oh, it's heavenly. This is why yeah. we, we don't have to fight. It's, it's the Southeast Asian solidarity. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. they do the same with shampoo too. I love it. <laughs> In Malaysia, there's like a whole thing of like in school time, there'll be a Milo man coming with his like big truck. The truck is filled with Milo and they just like random days of school. They just show up and then they like pour you a cup. And that is the best Milo I've ever tasted in my life. Wow. Not even the nice plastic packaging and all the stuff. Not in the nice little vending machines. Milo man with the truck. <laughs> that is like the best Milo ever. Wait, do you like Milo, Aaron? Is that... No. <gasps> Wait, really? You don't like Milo? They ruined my donuts. That's why. What do you mean ruin your donuts? Well, we did a taste test. It says put coca Milo powder on it as well, the dusting. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Put it on. It tastes like tar. We call it tar. Really? Yeah, I want to say something explicit, but I can't say something. Aaron, I need to bring you to the Philippines. I will bring you to Philippines on my Milo boat. I collected a bunch of Milo tins and made a boat out of it. We'll sail the seas. We will find the land of Milo and we'll have fun. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, if you want to get on JP's boat of Milo tins, yeah. um, let us know on Asian Pop Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hello, hello. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. My name is Leisha, and you just heard our song request from Matthew. First being... 
Hacha Mecca Seu Unit Stem with their song Hikari E. We also had Fairy Star Elements with their song called Sakura Frappuccino. And lastly, we had our song request from Kanako with the song Expiration Date by New York band Michelle. Now, there is never an expiration date when it comes to the achievements Asian-made media has been making lately, especially in a Western-dominated media industry. And the popular Netflix series Squid Game joins in making history for non-English content during the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So let's all rejoice together as we listen in on what the cast of Squid Game have achieved during the SAG Awards. Uh, hey guys. Do you like squids? I'm gonna walk. I'm up this again. No, he didn't answer the question. You Goodbye, like JP. <laughs> do you like squids? Not particularly. Okay, but do you yes. like games? Say no. No, I think games suck. And the full people. Okay. okay well, maybe they do suck. What if you joined both and made them a squid game? Well, that would be multiplying the suck together to create an exponentially more suck. Thing. Okay. Well, well, we'll put Tracy aside for now. Um, <laughs> What's that, Matt? Squid Game has uh, apparently made history in the Screen Actors Guild Awards, or as we like to call it, the SAG Awards, uh, this year in 2022. Um, so they won uh, a few awards, pretty good ones, uh, specifically for performances in film and television. And uh, yeah. Very notable win of the night on February 27th. Uh, so, Squid Game got two major acting wins with the cast members Lee Jong-jae, uh, who played the main protagonist, Chong Gi-hoon, and Jung Ho-yeon, who played the beloved character, Kang Se-byuk, uh, becoming the first actors from a non-English uh, language series to win awards at the ceremony. So, you know, good job, Squid Games. Uh, the awards they both specifically won was for Outstanding Performance by Male Actor in the Drama Series and the Outstanding Performance by Female Actor in the Drama Series. Uh, so overall, it took the prize for Outstanding Performance by a stunt ensemble in a television series as well. And the show is also like the first non-English language series to ever be nominated by the Guild. Um, so, you know, congratulations, Squid Game. You got squids and games. That's how you. Are you guys happy about this? <laughs> no. You ruined the moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was so happy. I was so excited, and then man, I just hear squid and game, squid <laughs> and game every five seconds. <laughs> like, would it, uh, like Jun Young, who's like yeah. plays Kang Se Byo, like she's for anyone who doesn't know, she's actually like a model. So this is like her mm. first. This is her first acting gig in like drama series and everything, and to like win, win the main award for that, that is, that is insane to me. It's yeah. pretty big because she was yeah. also up against Jennifer Aniston, Grace oh, yeah. um, Witherspoon, um, Elizabeth Moss, and Sarah Snook. I don't know who she is, but like two of the other bigger names. Like, whoa, who've mm-hmm. been in yeah, I think, acting like, for jo- so long. Yeah, like jokes aside, jokes aside, this whole thing is actually like a really massive like mm. achievement, especially knowing this is like the first non-English show. Yeah, I cannot nominated believe. for this award. Yeah, you know, this I cannot is... believe because this is the twenty eight Screen Actor Guild Award. And yeah, you know, it's, that been, it's been a time... while. It's been twenty eight years. You know, I'm twenty two years old. You know, so <laughs> it's only like about six years older than I am. And you know, I'm an old man. Majority of us here, we've had already talked about Squid Game extensively last year and stuff like that. But Tracy, I actually wonder, have you have you seen Squid Game? Have you ever, like have you watched it since you only joined us like this year? So I'm just very curious about. I did watch it. That was probably the first K drama I, I first K drama I actually watched. I think. Oh, really? That's your yeah. first exposure. That's a that's a pretty high bar to pass from now. No, no, she hasn't hit the the cliched ones, which are so good. <laughs> oh wait, they're actually better. No. Yeah, because you're there for the cliches. Yeah, Goblin. And- okay. <laughs> Yeah, I will say that I liked Beloved Summer better than Squid Game. Oh, oh, so it's not that hard to pass then. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to pass. I think Squid yeah. Game appeals to an American audience because uh, it's it's sort of that sort of um, thriller, uh, yeah, suspense, and violence, guns. So it's very like not so. What am I on Action. About? Oh, but yeah, saw saw esque. You know, like that was pretty big in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh. It's a specific genre of film. Film. 
Movie? No, not movie. Series. Oh, series. series. Man, they're all the same, series. Yeah. It's, it's a moving picture and a TV. It's the same thing. <laughs> same thing, basically. Yeah. yeah. I, I started watching it after I, I overheard uh, two kids in the car park talking about it. Oh. They were like, do you like Squid Game? And I, I figured if kids were into it and it was that big of a thing and it was an Asian thing that I should check it out. Yeah, it's crazy how big of like an actual cultural impact it's made. Mm -hmm. Like I, I remembered um when Squid Game was coming out and it was relatively new. I heard kids in my backyard. Like I was in my they weren't in my backyard. I was in my backyard and I heard some kids in the distance singing um the song for the first game. Oh wow. Oh yeah, yeah. And like full Korean as well. So I was like, wow. Um that's yeah, insane. That's yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> Especially since the show is should not be watched by kids. I no, think. I think kids, it's... kids will watch whatever they want. Like especially with the internet, like you can't stop them. Yeah, the ratings are surprised. a guideline. Yeah, guideline. You know? <laughs> Loose guideline. rules, basically. Yeah, but anyway, um, Squid Game. Congratulations! It's an absolutely massive win. Good job um, for the people that are working in Squid Game. Like I don't know what you're doing with your career, but like keep going, keep going. You know, it's good. Yeah, and. Uh, leave behind this great legacy of the squids and the games. Um, but anyway, oh, let us know your thoughts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Hello to all the night owls joining us here on Asian Pop Nation. It's me, Leisha, here, and you were just listening to our song request from Kanako called Action with Chai and Zazen Boys. We also had Taiwanese female artist Lucy with her song and I forgive for the pronunciation, Dian Sang, Gan Sang, Ten Niao. And lastly, we had female K-pop group Rocket Punch with their retro song title, Chikita. You know, songs that have a retro sound just make me feel nostalgic for a time where I was just way too young to even exist. But for others, maybe something like Pokemon makes you feel really nostalgic because you played the games as a kid maybe well no matter if you're a newer or older pokemon fan maybe this announcement of a new open world pokemon game coming soon can get you really excited so let's just jump straight into the whole new world of pokemon scarlet and violet so it's pokemon day on february 27th this year's pokemon day we had a big announcement considering that they just recently released pokemon legends they have now announced that they're in the makings of a brand new Pokemon game. The last ones they made was Sword and Shield, wasn't it? Yeah, Sword and Shield. Yeah, Sword and Shield. Oh my god, it's been a while. So yeah, following on from that is Scarlet and Violet. We've had rumors that it's inspired by Spain and Portugal, and it will be open world, so similar to Pokemon Legends. It will be coming out in late 2022, which is exciting for a lot of the players out there because it's so soon, but also scary in a way where Game Freak is pumping out all these games so suddenly, and we're all kind of concerned about, you know, the work culture. Yeah, what's going on there? Are they sleeping? Are they getting not. days off? Anyway, aside from that, we've been showing the new Gen 9 starters, and I'm just going to pronounce the names like the Spanish way. I don't they know how Spanish it's actually. Names, yes. aren't they? they look like Spanish. Yeah. So we got the grass type, which is a cat called Sprigatito. We have the fire type, which is Fuecoco, a crocodile, I believe. And the water type, which is based off a duck called Quaxley. Quaxley. Yeah, I don't know about the X. Oh, that. no, no, I think, no, it would be Quaxley because it's a duck. Quack, quack. It could be, but you know how they pronounce Mexico as Mexico in Spanish? Look, we'll see. Oh, no, <laughs> we'll name Spanish is Second name it? Lee. Yeah. <laughs> it's Asian rep. Quaxley. His name is Quaxley. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, for all of you, if you had to pick one of the three out there, who would you pick? Of the starters? Yeah, of those starters. I like the duck, Waxley. He looks cool. He looks dandy. Like, I'd, I'd hang out. Yeah, they got a cool, uh, like, pompadour-looking hair thing. I'd hang out with this duck. Okay, cool. Because, not going to lie, I thought that was the most ugliest-looking starter. Are you kidding me? Uh, yes. I think he's quite the handsome-looking duck. Sure. Oh, I like it. Yeah. He's like a scene kid. He has, like, yeah, a big old fringe. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> look at him. Girls. Aaron, how about you? What, what? Let's see. I'll 
I'll probably eat Fiasco and I'll use Quaxley to wash my mouth and I'll use Spiricoats as a napkin. So. Oh my god, what? <laughs> Eating? No, I'm joking. Uh, it's a video I saw that has this thing anyway. I just... Well, I mean, technically, Pokemon are the animals of the Pokemon world. So, like, wouldn't it make sense for them to eat Pokemon now and then? So, Pokemon eats Pokemon, or we eat the Pokemon, or does Pokemon eat that's, us? That's not how the whole Pokemon world works because it's no? for kids, all right? Like, oh, no, okay. for children, guys. Right. Was it far fetched? Like, there's a specific type of Pokemon which they eat, and there's like a restaurant where they. Wow. Pretty sure it was the Magikarp. That explains why Garatino, Garados, whatever he's... Garados, yeah. Yeah, That explains why he's always mad. Yeah, because you try and eat it and then it just devolves and it's like, nah, man, you're not eating me today. I'll stick to Spurgato. Oh my god, I would pick that too. I don't usually pick grass-type Pokemon, but this is such a cute-looking cat and I love cats, so that's my choice. I usually go for water, but I don't, I'm not into the duck. I'm sorry. Is Xenia and I the only, like, are we the only ones who have zero, like, I Pokemon? never grew up watching Pokemon. Yeah, same. Or played the game. Same. <laughs> but a lot of my wow. friends did, so I don't know how I missed the boat. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> I have to agree with JP. I like the duck more. I think oh, I like yeah. do like the duck too, actually. <laughs> oh, duck he, gang. He does have the very, like, scene kid hair that Jeremy <laughs> said, but I think that's, like, the appeal. <laughs> that makes it, it's like, either Quaxley or or like for Coco, the fire one. I'm not a big fan of cats. <gasps> oh, actually, what no, does a grass Pokemon do? Yeah, what's like, what's the like, type mean? They fight. Yeah, like, I understand fire and water, but like, what's they grass? They fight using grass. They like, use they like have a lot of healing moves. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like and, vine, vine whip or um, petal dance. Yeah, oh. or like um, like really <laughs> sounds really, deadly. Yeah, really sharp grass. Like, have you ever gotten cut with grass before? I know I have. Like grass burn? No, not grass burn. Like cut. No, what not kind really. of grass are you exposed? I don't know because I remember as a kid, like I was playing with grass once, and I slid my hand across it too fast, and like it got a cut. Wait, you cut grass? Yeah, no, my hand. No, the, the grass cut, cut him. The grass, the grass <laughs> cut me. So you know, don't underestimate the sprigatito. Yeah, because that will destroy yeah. your duck. All right, just yeah. just so excuse you know. me, excuse me. Just need a bit of water, and then it'll wash the grass away. Right. That's no, right. actually, no. water is weak to grass. Because water makes no. grass stronger. No, oh, no. What's this Pokemon logic? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> it's science. Yeah, it's science, science, but like over months or weeks. It's okay. I think Quaxley wins in like fashion. And let's be honest, that's all we care about. <laughs> He's such yeah. a stylish duck. Yeah, stylish duck. That's it. You know, Celeste, I have a question um, yeah. about the setting of this Pokemon. So this is like, it's very, very Spanish and Portugal-y, mm. right? Yeah. Have we ever had a Pokemon like set in Europe like this? Because like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't... Um, Sword and Shield was based off the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember. There are a lot of memes about like uh, the female trainer like being Scottish and stuff. No, that's cool because I like um, Spanish architecture. It looks really comfy, you know? I've been to Portugal and they have a lot of course of Moorish architecture. So that's mm. like um, from Africa. That's where they have like tiles on all the wall, um, yeah, on yeah. all the houses oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Super- and they also hate being called Spanish. So I really? think we're just going to call this whole thing Spanish if you're some Portuguese people. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Anyway, for those listening, if you're interested in the new Pokemon game, let us know what starter you'll pick when the game comes out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ahoy, matey! It is me, Leisha, from Asian Foundation, trying to do her best pirate impersonation. I will explain later, but we gotta go through all the songs that you just heard. First, coming from Filipino boy band Alamat with their song titled ABKD. We also had Thai solo artist Pro Tunwa with his song called Unsend. And lastly, we had Mote with her song titled Conversation. Now, to finally explain myself, pretty much this is our unofficial Pirates Corner as we're going to be talking about this Korean movie called The Pirates, The Lost Royal Treasure that our team member Celeste and Tracy watched like bits and pieces of it from what I hear. So in a piratey fashion, it is time for us to set sail. I'm asking a legit question. Do you guys know anything about Samurais with Pirates? Um, no. I mean, actually. they would have existed, but... Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Well, technically, there might be one eventually if there is Samurai's Evil, because right now, Netflix just released a new movie called The Pirates, The Last Royal Treasure. The film's focus on a crew of pirates with a female captain, Hang Rang, played by Hang Hyun Joon, who must form an alliance with a group of bandits who is led by Wu Mo Chi, as it goes with several obstacles that quest to find a lost gold in the sea. With penguins. Penguins are in the sea, Aaron. Stop wow. hating on the penguins. Not what I hate about the penguins. It's what I hate about the penguins in this movie. Wow. Yeah, they're not very good in the movie. But yeah, um, I feel like I'm the only one who's seen this movie. <laughs> right. And the rest of y'all have watched the trailer. My question is, what did you think of the trailer? Yeah, it looks. It just looks like harmless sea yeah. adventure fun. It, yeah, um, there isn't going to be like what groundbreaking commentary or something. It's something just fun. yeah. I'm calling it a B-rated movie, a B film. How about a C film? Yeah, we don't talk about those. Oh, get C. Get C. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, there's like when I watched the trailer, I thought there was so much potential in that it could be funny. It could be a really fun adventure. Like we've got a female pirate captain. Like we don't really see that often in um pirate movies in general. But yeah, after watching or like not paying attention to half of the movie at best, like it hasn't got a very intriguing story. Aww. Um, so so sorry if you're there for the story. The humor isn't that great either. It just it's so subpar. So Man, kinda, I feel sucks. bad for giving this such low quality reviews. Um, but yeah, not worth your time. It's like kind of background noise, like yeah. a four out of ten. Man, yeah. That's kind of a shame. You know, when I saw the penguin, I thought it would be like a full blown like Monty Python thing. I mean, if you think of it in that sense, like it's trash and you just go with it. Right. Yeah. It'll be the best movie you'll ever see. Wow. Actually, that might be exactly what I need right now <laughs> so you know this might be a perfect movie celeste thank you no the penguins keep stabbing the guy in the hey don't car. spoil it i'm not don't spoil it i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it no sorry. don't don't ruin my cinematic experience aaron i watched 20 minutes of this film and i've watched uh-huh. a little bit of like i've tried watching a few other korean historical comedies and there seems to be like a few things in common the first oh. is um japanese people being played by koreans oh yeah okay. um, oh yeah uh, the second thing is bad cgi animals coming in and killing someone randomly <laughs> this happens and this is a trope why is this a trope <laughs> why is oh, this a cool. trope the part I've watched, um, they've just been attacked by like a herd of wild bulls. Funny cool. thing about that was it was just a small little island and there's a whole <laughs> herd of bulls on there and I just don't understand. It, there's no a lot sense. of questionable moments. Wait, I want to ask this question because, you know, I look at the cast list and I see a certain familiar K-pop idol in it. Oh, and him. I, yeah, him. <laughs> Sehun from EXO. Yes, me coming in with my genius right. K-pop knowledge, JK joke. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask, I don't know, does, does he, did he even show up in the first like 20 minutes? What What's his screen time in that whole movie? It's just, he shows up randomly. He's a background character because he's the captain's protector in a way. So oh. if the captain's in danger, he'll just be there with an arrow, yeah. shut down the enemy sort of thing. I'm so surprised that SM let him be in this movie because they couldn't, could not, could they not read the synopsis and realize it was bad? I mean, Sam has that... been in a lot worse. Um, Wait, <laughs> hey, tell us hey, about what's it. The, what's the worst one? I know Chan Yol has been in a, that, that's, that's one terrible Chinese movie, which is so weird because it's like EXO has actual like Chinese members at that time and they hired Chan Yol, <laughs> the Korean member. I don't know, no words, but yes, Celeste, spill the beans. I've only seen him in like two things. One is Busted. It's like this <laughs> murder mystery adventure they go on. It's meant to be a joke anyway, so it's fine for that. But he also shows up in um, another drama called Now We're Breaking Up and he's just not very good. <laughs> but yeah, in the Pirates, Sehun probably speaks like five lines throughout the movie and there's some yeah. girl that's like all over him. Uh. And then suddenly they're just together at the end. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love all this romance progression. Yeah. I love that. So if you're there... As an EXO stand, XOL, um, you're not going to enjoy yourself. If you're there as an enjoyer of good movies, you're probably not going to enjoy yourself. If you're like, you just want to watch something really corny, uh, maybe you'll enjoy yourself. So yeah, let us you know. <laughs> super low expectations. See for yourself. Um, check it out. If you also think the film is 
not as good like either or, or don't check it out. out of 10 yeah well, don't check it out just message us on facebook.com forward slash asian pop nation or on twitter and instagram at asian pop nation hello hello everyone you are listening to asian pop nation tonight and you are joined right now by myself leisha and you just heard singaporean artist gentle bones with his song titled can we have a conversation we also had kao shao kao Livon and Akyo with their intense rock track titled Love is Punk. And lastly, we had US Filipino artist Lynn Lapid with her song titled I Guess That Was Goodbye. A perfect but really sad song to remind us that we have unfortunately reached the end of our show tonight, but let's just remember the great show we had from our hilarious interview with Malaysian comedian Jason Leong, who will be making his appearance with his comedy show Heaty during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival this year. We also had a wide range of topics discussed tonight, from more Asian food news that we can't seem to escape from. We also had Squid Game just making history during the SAG Awards, a new Pokemon game, and a new and a near automata anime adaptation all coming soon and just so much more wow i like need to catch my breath but anyways thank you so much for joining myself alicia and our team of senia celeste tracy aaron and jp tonight and before we say goodbye we still have a handful of tracks for our listeners first being a massive collaboration by korean artist giri boy featuring Choi lb big naughty kush Kim Soo-min, O-L-N-L, Kid Millie, and lastly, Tamai. See, I wasn't lying, it was a massive collab, but you can always tune in to Asian Palm Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards right here on Sin. Good night, everyone!